Hello and welcome back to iProperty Radio with myself, Carol Tallon. You can contact us on social media at iProperty Radio or email hello at iPropertyRadio.com. In the PropTech hot seat today is Sebastian Shuan, who is the co-founder and CEO of Alasco. And joining him is Sarah Geiger, whose role is as head of international. Sebastian and Sarah, you're both very welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you. So I am excited to hear about Alasco because obviously you're you're operating um in the the uh, ESG space, which is hugely topical at the moment. So you might just give us a little bit of background about the company and how it was formed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we are a company out of Munich, operating by now across Europe. Um, roughly 130 people here. We started four or five years ago. Uh, with a friend that um, was um, fed up with um, having to do his invoice approvals for construction projects on paper. And we were like, ah, that doesn't have to be. It's our second company. We have been in the e-commerce space, sold that uh, uh, over there. And really our passion is that leveraging the power of digital. I think it applies to any industry. It, it does on universal good, mostly. Um, and so this is how we started to get into the space um, from invoice approval into the management of uh, construction finance, uh, and uh, recently, um, into the also how do we manage the challenge of implementing ESG measures? Because we think of us um, as the person that helps someone who owns assets to do their processes and their work more digital. And one of the things people are challenged with right now is we need to control costs. We need to know where the money is. And we're having seeing this huge um, demand for more ESG compliant buildings and knowing where am I or if I have a portfolio, where should I invest? What what is the actually I can do? What's efficient? Um, so this is where we help people. And really part of our vision is that we are able to, to, um, connect, um, here, um, cost and finances with sustainability because we believe you need to do balanced decisions in the future or actually today. Um, cause, um, uh, this makes for the very best uh, decisions. You need to optimize for both criteria. And this is not an easy job. And this is where we help. And we think technology can help. Uh, I, I agree. Technology can help. You know, and and sometimes just before we started recording, you know, I talked to you about um, sometimes that there's a tendency for us to move ahead, forgetting that not everybody in the industry has come along on the journey. So let's take us back a step. You know, why is digitalization so fundamental to the future of real estate? Yeah, I think there's it all comes back. Uh, we started when we started, there was this uh, study by McKinsey that said, uh, how is the productivity per industry. And everyone knows that in our industry, the construction real estate has sort of a flat line, everyone's taken off. And part of that, part of that is because other industries apply standardization and it helped them to learn faster, to, to, to leverage uh, certain things. And we and the real estate do many things still individual. Yes, a building should be the individual, but does the process have to be individual? And this is where I really see the power of digital. If it's in digital, it's you're being enforced in doing it. Um, uh, doing it in standardized processes. And if it's standardized, you can automate. And this is then the second effect of, of digital. So it has so many, so many uh, positive sides. And I think we're just getting started to see them all in the real estate industry. Uh, who, who are your typical clients? You know, who are you selling to right now? Um, so we have uh, different customers, more than 250 in Germany, for example, um, big property developers such as Heinz, who also operate globally. Um, and then as Sebastian already mentioned, um, we also have quite some customers already 
internationally, which of course for us means outside of Germany, right? Uh, so uh, quite some customers in the UK, but also France, Italy, Spain, basically all across uh, Europe. And what we're seeing in terms of your digital, we're more with the early adopters. I think that's the call for all of us. And what you mentioned, we are in this space where people are like, oh, there's, there's an opportunity in it. But we need to get the majority of the industry also onto digital tools. You know, I, I, again, but before we start recording, you said to me very simply, change is everyone's responsibility. And I think that that's something that it's so simple that maybe it doesn't get said often enough, but you're absolutely right. Um, it is everybody's responsibility, but the reality is these are unprecedentedly difficult times um, for the for the construction industry. And I say that having been in the industry a decade ago when the world was in, in chaos, um, you know, but the, the reality on the ground is that there's so many competing priorities um, that climate change is absolutely, absolutely has been moved uh, to the top. But there are so many competing um, I, I suppose issues that are that are challenging for this sector. You know, how do how do you position that, or how do your clients reconcile that, and where do they know where to put the resources? So I think part of how we like to answer it is, but that we help our customers to show where their actually money goes, and that they can verify is it the way we wanted it. Um, but but coming to your point also, this is our joint responsibility. I think we all in the ecosystem should should think about what's a solution or a set of solution that can help the customer basically, right? I mean, these days we're saying we're really good at that part, but for that other part, we can recommend you ABC and this is how, how we could work together so that we think as a, as a prop tech universe, not in we're alone in selling our product, but we have to do it together. And there's people good at that and people good at that. And we have to be good at financial management and ESG, but we're maybe not good at, I don't know, um, planning permit software or whatever it, it, it needed. Um, and so 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 that we stop thinking, and I think it comes to the, the multiple priorities, our customers have a lot of priorities and we should have also a synchronized answer and not compete with each other, but try to do the big picture and change it. Um, the industry is rich enough that we all win. Yeah, look, I love that. And, and part of me thinks that that's your experience as a second time founder coming out, because actually first time founders aren't always that good at collaboration. They're not that good at understanding the need for integrations. And usually it comes from being so focused on their own, uh, the, the issue that they're fixing. And obviously the issue they're fixing is one they've chosen to fix. So they believe it is the biggest and most important and most pressing uh, challenge or problem, but it might not necessarily be. And in fact, one of the overlooked areas that I think is only being addressed in PropTech in the last two to three years is about the need to integrate, the need, uh, because the reality is no one prop tech provider, no one technology innovator is going to own the ecosystem, that actually all innovators have to learn to play well. And it's the people that play well together that will actually get a uh, market momentum. But how are you finding, when you go into the marketplace looking for good innovators um, th that you can actually integrate with, like how receptive are the service providers that are out there right now? Ah, so, so for us, I think there's there's different ways how you can integrate. I mean, a lot of people think of integrate. We need to have an API connection. We need to have this connected. I think that can be a later step. Um, I think the first thing is stuff needs to work together from a process perspective, and it doesn't have to be always a 
integration, which is expensive to build and to maintain. Let's just figure out how we work together. Let's maybe just synchronize on, on the data points we're having. And this can be done. So, so, and I think what, what I always, what we try to teach our customers, how we select internally at Alaska software. We also don't have one software that solves all our problems, but we're using there's HubSpot, there's a marketing tool, there's charge different payment, you know, your favorite startup has 20 different tool vendors. Um, and the, really the idea is how do we make them play together? And at some point there's a deep integration necessary. In other cases, we just need to make sure it's synced, it works, there's a clear handoff. Um, and so this is how we try to teach our customers from how we know it's best to use SaaS software. And I guess as a SaaS software company, you are at the forefront and understanding hopefully how it works. Yeah, we're actually just, uh, have, or right before this meeting, I had a workshop with customers and this is really part of our kind of consultative approach where we sit together with our customers, map the whole processes out and really try to figure out what's the best way to integrate the processes, not only in terms of, yeah, technical integration, but really in how do people work together, what feeds into another step, who's kind of more operational process driven topic. I think learning from the industry is such an important step. And it's one that most startups, if they're receiving any sort of VC support, they will be guided to do this. And I, I think after a number of years, they almost forget to go back to the marketplace and continue asking those questions and continue listening. And yet that's where the, the seeds of the next iteration of your service is going to come from. So that's really interesting that you're doing that. And obviously we've just come through a period of huge change in terms of the pandemic and pandemic response. So what kind of insights are you getting when you talk to customers? Um, so I think what works an example for us, how we, how we actually got to what our product offering today is by listening uh, or, or, or being there. So, I mean, we started with invoice approval and it got to financial controlling because people said, nice that I can control that invoice, but I want to know what's important. Our integration and our foray into sustainability was driven by customers saying, yes, this is what concerns you most right now. Uh, and how great would it be if, it, if it's uh, combined? Um, and so um, this is, I think, what, what it's good to develop a, a company and be laser focused on who we are building with for in our case, people that own assets or build assets, and then look what, what what's on their agenda. And I think what we're what right now is an interesting but complicated phase because there is what I can at least say from the I've lived with unprecedented amount of uncertainty. People just don't know what's happening. It could go either way easily, uh, and so we we feel people um, right now just want to pause on certain things and wait it out for another few. I don't know, weeks, month. Um, so this is the, the, the strongest concern. On, on the one hand, we're here, and the other one is we need to now manage what we have. So we have a lot of these projects going on, and we need to make sure they, you know, they end where they were planned and not we're running over cost. And um, the other thing, obviously, how do we, in the projects we're running right now, how do we meet in the future sustainability standards where we are not 100% sure what the, what the criteria will, will even be? Because it's, it's so fast, it's so changing. Few years ago, it was... We, we didn't have the EU Green Deal, and now it's there. And you know, and, and well, building. Let's go ahead. let no, no. Let's drill down into some of those uncertainties because across your two hundred and fifty plus client base, um, you're working across a number of geographic locations. You know, are there commonalities there between the uncertainties? Because I know what 
uncertainties developers and contractors in, in the Irish and UK marketplace are facing. Um, taking taking a broader look, what what uncertainties are playing out for your clients? Well, I think what we really see is that most of the uncertainties really across Europe, probably across the globe, are more or less the same. Of course, there are always different nuances in the different countries, um, but the big picture really stays the same in 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 Europe. And uh, what we can really help them with with our tool is to kind of decrease the uncertainty by really enabling them with real-time data and creating more transparency and data they can rely on so that at least those things that can be controlled, they have proper control about it. Very good. And just in terms of those headline, uh, those headline uncertainties, uh, you know, is there an order to the priority? So, for example, we know that um, that that um, sustainability has has really come to the fore while the conversation has been happening for a decade you know the the priorities really changed when capital started um started to become a driver so what we've seen uh, certainly in the irish marketplace and i don't know what it's like um in the german marketplace but certainly regulation wasn't the driver capital was um, you know, for for sustainability. So I'd be interested to hear your perspective. Like, what are the drivers that you're finding from your clients? So I think around sustainability, it's it's a couple thing. It's capital coming with regulation. I think that's that's what we're seeing, right? I mean, this is what what the governments understood to make that change. They needed to regulate financial institutions that they have to disclose certain things, uh, and and so this this is under under ESG on the sustainability front. This is the big topic. Um, this year, it's the first time that capital mark participant in Europe have to report. Um, and, and so everyone is scrambling. How do we do that? It really depends on the type of the customer. Some of them, for them, it's important which assets do actually have and we organize this in their company that there's a structured process. Other ones are much more ahead and they want to tweak, you know, how do we best allocate capital? So these are things we, we support them, but it's a, it's a, it's a wide range, uh, that were happening. And what we overall see with, with, with challenges that the larger the companies is, the, 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 the more resilient they seem to be. There has been a lot of development with, with more speculative development, uh, often smaller companies, they are, they are struggling more than the bigger projects. And for the bigger project, it's about let's complete what we did. They're looking at much larger time horizons than, um, other developments. And yeah, but really it's the same here in, in Germany across Europe, what we're seeing, um, the financing, the capital, the access to capital, the, I mean, everyone sees that capital costs are rising, right? That, that's the prominent thing for everyone. And now you're looking, what's the easiest way to, to get this down? And this is where really having sustainable that you get, you get premiums or better rates if you're doing sustainable development. So this is one of the solutions people employ to deal with the increased interest rate. Um, over the last five years, uh, four to five years that you've been in operation, are you finding the sales pitch essentially has changed. So uh, why n- not even around the off- your offering evolving, but why people are coming to you? What's important to them? Um, is it the same reason they're coming to you today as they were four years ago? I guess I have to take this because <laughs> um, I think people get more experienced and knowledgeable about software. The core reasons being the same, we have to manage a lot of people in our in our company, 
uh, there's a lot of external parties involved um, that doesn't work. Um, we need a solution. Um, so this is, I think this stays all the same. Um, I think people are getting better to understand the value of software and that you just don't buy software, but it's a change management. And this is much appreciated because this is how we can really help our customers to create a lot of the value is that you just don't buy the software from the shelf and now you have it and everything is good. You need to do the changes. You need to, to implement it. You need to have people working in it. And I think that, that people are seeing more the value of software. That's the difference I'm seeing. There's, there's a huge piece of work or a huge body of work there around establish, establishing best practices, um, you know, and benchmarking has been done perhaps better in the construction industry than, say, in the real estate and real estate management side of it. So uh, does Alaska have a role to play here? Like, can you actually work with companies and and not just to to meet benchmarks, but actually to help to set them to kind of take a leadership position here? I can do. Um, so, so really, what what what's interesting is why didn't we have benchmarks before? And there really, there, there's two basic reasons I've always seen. One is accessibility data. Previously, a lot of data was in some Excel sheet somewhere, so no one could gather it to, to actually create benchmarks. The second thing is, is the data. Can you actually compare it? Because um, if you have a definition, a different definition of what I don't know. Tenant improvement for that place. If it just didn't, it needs to be the same definition as a benchmark doesn't make sense. And so this is where we're driving it. This is also when I talked previously about standardization. This is the power. If we get this in the same format, easily accessible, we can start building benchmarks. And right now we offer this within our customer base. So customers can benchmark across their projects. And we're looking to bring this in a way that's helpful for this, for the community and doesn't expose the, the individual. Then we get to those benchmarks, but we also need to respect the privacy or the secrecy or, you know, the individual. So this is uh, something we're working on. Um, and I think there is a, there's a huge opportunity that we all learn what, what's good. And then we can all look up to what's good and manage to work out. Um, at the stage, the stage of a digital transformation across construction and real estate, we've seen it from other sectors like manufacturing. We're at the stage that the the uh, early adopters, you know, they're they're far ahead. But actually, the gap between those who are embracing technology and doing it well and for all the right reasons and those who aren't, that gap is becoming so wide. Are we in danger of, you know, whether it's through regulation, regulatory challenges or otherwise, are we in danger that people or, or companies who aren't really moving ahead on their digital transformation journey, is there a danger that they'll be left behind and they won't be in a position to do that? I wish it wasn't, but I think it's it's so. I mean, the last few years, you couldn't be really go wrong in real estate or in development. And I think it, it will be harder. Uh, it will be more competitive um, going forward. And you need to think about what's my edge? How am I better? Um, and really, I think digital is one of the, if not the solution uh, uh, to that, because you want to have the, you have one better decisions. You want to know it's maybe based on data. It's how fast am I in the decision? If, if you get a proposal on your desk today, and if you are within minutes, be able to tell, ah, hop or hop, you could have the deal. Um, and if it takes you, because you have also, you know, different ways of getting there, take two weeks, it's gone. Um, 
So, so I think um, there is this there is this real danger happening, and I'm really happy for big logos being public about that they are digital because this helps the mass to move. But Sarah, yeah, maybe one thing here to add is also that like we see it everywhere in all the different countries, right? That talents are it's really a shortage of for uh, talents, and um, when you think about somebody who's uh, Coming freshly from uni, does he rather want to, or does they rather want to work for a company with a digital solution or paper based, paper and pen based? So I think really looking into the future, it's also very important for the, for the companies to become more digital and uh, really offer those cool digital solutions for the new joiners for their talents they're looking for. And it's not only getting talent, it's also a, a safeguard for companies that it, talent moves much more than it used to be. And if you're working in a digital tool, um, um, some of the knowledge is retained in the tool and not, not only in the person. So people switch. I mean, we had even, we noticed from our customers how, how thankful for Alaska, you don't need training. You can start right away. And they're so thankful that people can, you know, continue the work because the construction side needs to be running. And we even have, Customers that sold their project alongside their Alaska account. So there's a continuity in, in the whole thing. Um, and so I think that's another reason why, why digital tooling is really helpful in this new environment. Yeah, I, I think it's become particularly challenging actually uh, in the current skills uh, skills shortage and labor shortage that we have across different sectors that um, to become the employer brand of choice, you know, the, the, there's huge competition for that. But one of the things I I realized over the past decade or more is that people outside of the industry don't understand just how competitive um, it is within uh, the, how competitive developers are, how, you know, how competitive construction contractors are. The people in this industry want to be perceived as delivering the best places, the best buildings, the best tenant experience, the best public realm. There, yeah. There's there's a quite there's a, there's there's a, a very strong level of competition here that sometimes isn't known outside of the industry. And to me, that's a really powerful driver of change. They want to be first in the technology. They, you know, they, there is that fear of missing out. They do want to lead the charge. Has that been an advantage to you and the team in Alesco when you're going out into the marketplace? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like we actually had uh, customers coming to us saying, hey, we've heard that our competitor is using you. Can, can we see the solution? <laughs> and yeah. I think we can use this to our advantage to help digitizing. This this FOMO can be, this fear of missing out can be the driver that people take the risk basically or take the jump and feel out, is this also a solution for us? This is why we also work with customers to produce customer success stories so that important logos where they look up to or, you know, they tell their story and then potentially they see, oh, maybe that's something we should be trying up to. Very good. One thing I've seen quite a lot in the Irish and UK marketplace is uh, people love to buy in solutions. Now, as somebody who supports kind of homegrown uh, talent and, and startups, that can be frustrating. But actually, we've seen this. The bigger developers, they, they like to to essentially bring innovation into Ireland or into the UK that isn't there already. So um, are you guys operating in the Irish and UK market at this stage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we actually do have a lot uh, office in London. And uh, yes, of course, you're completely right. So of course, at the beginning, 
you need to build that kind of trust and credibility in a new market as well. So it's always important not to only have, for example, success stories coming from Germany and customer testimonials coming from Germany, but also, for example, from the UK um, to build that kind of, yeah, level of trust and credibility that they know, okay, it also works in my home turf market. Very good. Yeah. We're, we're, for us, something that distinguishes us that we are a solution that works across Europe. And this is for, for many of the larger organizations. They're just not in one country. And for them, it's, it's, it's a unique thing that they can use this across their organization. Um, and it really tells me that how, how similarly, and we are at least in Europe and I, I believe throughout the world and how we do construction and both. Yeah, there's certain local things, but, but that, that it can be done, and, and I think that that's something that that, that drives me that, that we can unite as we, we don't have to do this locally, but that's something we can learn from the other countries. After all, they're not that different. Um, that makes that makes a yeah. great vision. And that's exactly what we want to see because you know best practice isn't geographically restricted. You know we need to see best practice and quality rising to the top. And before we wrap up, uh, what can we expect? From Alaska, uh, you know, over the next twelve to twenty-four months, is there a is there any new products or services on the horizon? So I think what we're going to see is that we're seeing the sustainability part being so much more important for our customers and us being able to deliver. I think that what we're going to really be proud of is that we have this as a joint um, uh, um, solution. Um, today we're offering cost management and ESG, and we're working very much into integrating this. You have it in the same dashboard. You can translate vice versa and you can understand what are your best options from a sustainability perspective and financial perspective. This really excites us to make this possible. Few people in the industry can do this yet. And I think it needs software because it has so much data that needs to be brought together. See, again, another lesson in the power of collaboration and integrating well um, and and allowing people to be experts in what they do. Um, thank you both so much for joining us today. It was great to learn about Alaska and um, we hope to see you more prevalent in the Irish marketplace soon. Uh, that was Sebastian Shuan and Sarah Geiger of Alaska. And that's it from us this week. You can get in touch with the show on social media at iProperty Radio or email hello at iPropertyRadio.com. My thanks, as always, to the Hear Me Roar production team and to Luke Delaney on sound for Dublin South FM. Until next time, thank you for listening.